I'm just going to read this question as is. You can take it or not. Okay. <laughs> that makes me nervous. <laughs> Have you ever jacked it to a scene you directed? No. <laughs> 100% no. Oh, my God. So <laughs> this is another reason why I have a hard time watching porn is because I know everybody in the scene. Um, it has to be people like I've never seen before. Yeah. I need to be able to objectify you, basically. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of KCRW's How's Your Sex Life? I'm your host, Maisha Battle. I'm so excited to dig into your questions today, and I'm not doing this alone. I'm joined by my guest, Holly Randall. Holly has worked in the porn industry for over 20 years. She also hosts the podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Her show strips down misconceptions people have about the adult film industry, and we are definitely going to get into that today. Holly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. As you know, this is an advice show, and you're no stranger to giving advice to your listeners. So, Yes. Um, I'd like to ask you first, though, how's your sex life? Well, I'm married, so it's non-existent. Okay. I'm married with a three-year-old, yeah. so I don't, who has sex with their children? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for normalizing that for people. <laughs> I mean, you know, truthfully, like, I know people, you know, look at me and I work in the adult industry and they think, like, I must be wild and crazy, but I'm really not. I mean, in my youth, maybe, but I'm, like, have a pretty vanilla, normal sex life. You know, we... We do make a concerted effort to do it because it's important to have those moments of intimacy and, and closeness because it's so easy to get distracted by all the trappings of life and, you know, being parents and we both work full-time jobs. So, But it is something that we have to kind of schedule time for, um, which sort of makes it less romantic in a way. But, you know, we, we do our best. We light some candles and, you know, <laughs> turn on the lights and stuff like that. The usual. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the bottom line. Right, it's like break up the routine, schedule it. Sometimes don't think about it as like the end all be all. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny because I know that you know many people experience um, the situation where maybe they're they have these kinks that they're like ashamed of, or you know they don't want to talk to their partner about, and you know, oh, they'll think I'm weird or whatever. And I like the opposite problem. <laughs> where I feel like I'm so vanilla. I'm like ashamed of how vanilla I am. And people be like, oh, you must be into this, you must be into this, you must be into this. And I'm like, no, I'm just like a regular person. I like missionary, you know, like we have sex for, you know, we don't have sex for 45 minutes. Who has the time? Oh, my God. Honestly. I know. Even like porn stars don't generally have sex for 45 minutes. It's like broken up in chunks of like Uh, breaks, water breaks, lube, stuff like that. So it's very rare to go all the way through. Break that myth. Yes. You know, people are are turning to porn and saying like, well, if I'm watching this video for half an hour and it's like, that's not... That's not, how, that's not how it works. There's also like a lot of movie magic in porn scenes right. that make it appear um, maybe rougher or or whatnot more so than it actually is. So. Oh, man. Okay, we could have a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Okay, but we're going to get into some questions from our audience. Let's listen to the first one. Okay. Hey, Maisha. Do you have any recommendations for good feminist-centered porn sites or educational sex resources? Holly, what do you think about this term, feminist porn? Because I definitely hear requests from my clients a lot for it. And me personally, I think feminist porn is like a squishy term. Mm. Ethical porn gets thrown around a lot. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your take. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I think 
like the first thing that comes to mind when people say like feminist porn to me would be Erica Lust, right? Lust mm-hmm. cinema. Um, it's all very female centric. It's more about the woman, the female experience, um, the connection. The one thing that is something that they don't focus on a lot in like less cinema films compared to the stuff that I generally would shoot for like browsers or stuff that's like very male dominated eye is there doesn't have to be this brightly lit penetration. Mm-hmm. So for them, so Casey Calvert's a great friend of mine and she directs for them and and we were on a panel, a women's director panel the other day and she was talking about how she didn't have to shoot penetration for her scenes. Like it didn't matter if you didn't really see that much. It was more about the connection between the performers, their faces, the eye contact and that kind of stuff. And I was just sitting there feeling so jealous. It's <laughs> so just like, oh, that just sounds like so nice to not have to be like, okay, open up. All right, bring the sea light in. And we got to go like that kind of thing. So yeah, I think that it, anything that focuses more around like the female gaze rather than the men's gaze. But like you said, again, that's kind of like a squishy term because in that situation, we assume that all women want the same thing and all women want a storyline and they want romance and they want all this. And that's not true. Like I know a lot of women who are into some pretty wild shit, Yeah, you know, and they, and they want something that people might associate generally with like what men want to see. So I think that's a difficult thing to say and it also points to the fact that like the fact that this viewer doesn't know where to find this that points to the whole like lack of porn literacy that frustrates me because people don't know where to find different kinds of porn everybody has this idea that porn is this one thing right whatever shows up on Pornhub the minute you log in on that front page stepbrother stuff um MILF stuck in the dryer, like whatever, like <laughs> nonsense is trending yeah, at the moment. Right. But like porn is not one thing. Porn is so many different things. And whatever you're into, you can find the content that appeals to you. I just wish it was easier for people to find and then they didn't have to ask these questions. Yeah. And I think it's a double barrier, right? It's like they don't know where to go. A lot of my clients don't know where to go for like traditional porn Mm -hmm. you know it's just not something that they've allowed themselves to explore or they may have seen something on Pornhub and were so turned off by how aggressive it seemed and it was so far from what they wanted that they were just like well all porn is this Mm -hmm. right and they can't really see beyond that one reality so I think Pink Label there's a website that has like a directory of a bunch of porn sites. Basically, that's what I send to my clients when they ask for feminist porn. There was a feminist porn awards many, many years ago. So it's like kind of an outdated site. Like yeah. even me, I have a hard time. I can, yeah, yeah I can refer people to the Erica Lust, Belessa to some degree. Belessa, yeah. Um, for queer porn, Crash Pad series is great. Um, but I learned about these going to a feminist porn awards or feminist porn show, rather, mm-hmm. with Tristan Tormino, like, in 2011 mm-hmm. or 2012. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if these things aren't necessarily, like, if we're not having awards or recognition or festivals that celebrate this, then there's not really this, like, collection of sites that stays current and f- for people who are looking for the most current things, what they're going to find is mostly the mainstream porn. So so right. it's like the shame part of like, I don't want to look. And then it's the, when I look, what I see is not for me. Mm-hmm. I think that creates this, this kind of double barrier. And the fact that there was only, what, one feminist porn awards, yeah. right? And then that was it? That was it pretty much, as far as I know. 
Right. Yeah. No, I, I think if there was more, I would know about yeah. it too. And it's, <laughs> you know, they probably only did one because it like didn't make financial sense or something like exactly. that, which is just another. I mean, you know, honestly, most porn consumers are men. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just statistically that is true. I think generally a lot of times women don't necessarily watch porn. They like to read. And listen. Know, yeah. And listen. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, like porn is, is reading. Like, if I'm going to go to porn, it's it's almost never going to be visual. It's going to be something like on lit erotica or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I recommend my clients check out Dipsy. Yes. There's also Aurora, uh, which is a newer one on the block. I think they started with writing and then now have added audio. Mm -hmm. And um, Dipsy has done the opposite. They started with audio and then now they're adding written. So, yeah, you're right. There's like lots of different ways to get at this, people. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you can you can get some some good erotic material in your life without seeing these like intense scenes yes. that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Let's let's get to our next question. Um it's not really porn related, but I was really curious to hear your take on it. Okay. My little brother and his wife recommended HBO's industry to us. It seemed up our alley. It's about the stock market, cutthroat rising up the ranks of a firm, and very gratuitous sex. You see the after sploosh. And it goes on for several minutes longer than the scene needs to. And nobody is happy when they do it. My husband and I were so shocked that they so casually recommended this show without telling us we need to close our windows first. Every time a sex scene came on, we couldn't stop giggling that my quiet little brother recommended this show and didn't even warn us. Maybe it's because we come from a Christian upbringing and there's some deep-rooted religious stuff that I just haven't been able to shake off. Anyway... If I recommend this show to somebody else, should I disclose how nasty the sex is? I mean, it sounds like from the listener's experience that yes. I mean, clearly, <laughs> like, they wanted that information, that it was sexually gratuitous. So I feel like they've answered their own question. I feel like even if I recommended a show to somebody that had a lot of gratuitous sex in it, I would warn them, but probably in a <laughs> positive way like oh my god you got to watch this show there's so much dick in it like so much. you know what i mean this sex sounds tragic though the way it that they does it does sound very very sad that's the part i would want to know about because like things like um like that movie shame i mm -hmm. love that movie but like i have to be in the right headspace to watch it because by the end you're just like oh my god mm -hmm. the michael fassbender shame movie there's a bunch of shame movies out there but that that one in particular i'm like this is some dark ass stuff mm -hmm. it's hot but it's all it like takes you on this journey where you're just like oh i am tired and very sad um so that that kind of content warning i think is helpful yeah yeah, yeah. i mean sex can be so many different things right yeah i mean it's it can be happy and sad violent and bittersweet and and all of those things you also don't strike me as somebody who would find it hard to convey that information even to a family member. Yeah. So I feel like I always assume that people know this, but I know that that's not true. So my mother is Suze Randall, who was the one of the first women working behind the scenes in the adult industry. She was the first female photographer on staff for Playboy. She was like the first female photographer for Hustler, for Penthouse. And, um, you know, she was working in the mid-70s you know, through the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and especially early in her career, she really was the only woman working in the adult industry, like, who wasn't a performer. And uh, my father 
they were together, you know, since their 20s, and he helped her build her career, and he did all the business and all the behind the scenes. So I basically grew up around the porn industry, you know. Um, I was, my birth was announced in Hustler Magazine, <laughs> <laughs> which is like weird, I guess, but, you know, whatever. For me, it's not. Um, and I would say that my parents definitely raised me in an environment where there wasn't shame around sex and nudity which I know is not a lot of people's experience. So I feel like I have a healthy relationship with sex because of that. People may think that it's strange that I was raised by parents who worked in the porn industry, but to me it's wild that people were raised by ultra-religious parents who, like, shamed them about masturbation and wouldn't talk to them about sex and, you know, um, said that they had to wait till they got married. and Like, that. that's crazy to me. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about, like what we know, right? Yeah, I feel similarly, and I didn't have parents that (laughs) worked in the adult (laughs) film industry, but um, it definitely was impressed upon me having kind of like hippie parents Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is normal, this is a part of life. I wasn't really sheltered from things, you know, as I was growing up. I was able to watch whatever they were watching Mm -hmm. without too much. I mean, I was the only one, like, covering my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Being like, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it, it, it is interesting, especially since I work with clients so much who do come from those backgrounds. And I do empathize because I was raised in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that Christian Bible Belt stuff all around me. And it's, you know, it was hard to sort of maintain that little, like, bubble around it. So it's interesting to hear that, like, you grew up kind of, like, having that as the norm and then seeing that as sort of, like, not abnormal, but just... Eh, that's, you know, very strange that mm-hmm. you had those messages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to have some rapid fire questions from your audience. Okay. I'm ready. I'm going to chug my coffee. <laughs> All right. And we are back. Holly, you put a call out to your followers, which was so nice. And they came back with a lot of questions. So we're just going to roll through them. I'm going to ask you the question and you can let me know what you think. Okay. Okay. Is there a difference between porn sex and regular sex? Yes, there's definitely a difference. Um, Porn sex is significantly longer, like we mentioned. And often porn sex involves a lot of tricks that may make it appear rougher or more intense than it actually is. Um, There's also these lengthy consent and boundary discussions and even um, uh, sign-offs before the scene starts. So like everybody's very clear about what they're okay with, what they're not okay with. And there's the opportunity to break or stop or change things at any point. So there's an enormous amount of communication, which you know leads to a much uh, safer environment and place to engage in these kind of sexual athletics that we do. Definitely athletic. Ugh. So I mean, I never thought about like stunts in porn, mm. like having like the <laughs> the need to like do stunts to make things look yeah more aggressive or assertive or yeah. like but yeah that makes total sense so like one I mean like for an example one of the tricks is if the guy's pulling a girl's hair he'll actually just hold the hair close to the to the root and the girl pushes her head against it uh-huh. as opposed to him pulling so it looks like he's pulling her hair but he's not men she, yeah. listen 
listen, don't <laughs> do this unless you are explicitly asked to do it. Just because yes. you see it in porn, you are seeing a stunt. Yes. You are not seeing, and you have, you are seeing something that someone agreed to yeah. beforehand. And we, we definitely talked about it because a lot of girls have extensions, so they'll be like, do not pull yeah, my hair. right? Yeah. Oh, and then also we have like these little tricks, like these tap outs. So they can either just say cut and we can stop, or we have these little like hand signals that we hide from the camera. So they'll double tap um, the thigh that's not facing the camera if it's like going too hard or too fast. And then that person will naturally slow down without them having to actually say it. Or like I said, they can call it cut at any time. But there's like these secret signals that we also have. These, these are all things that I think we should be moving into our real Sex lives are are regular, as this person says, regular sex lives. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Next question. Do women enjoy role-playing, or do they feel indifferent about it? I mean, again, like, this is a situation where we're lumping all women as to, like, one thing. Like, all women are this way. All women are that way. Um, It's It runs a gamut. You know, I know women who love role-playing. I know women who think it's silly. I wish I loved role playing because I have like tons of costumes from shoots that I've done, but I feel quite silly doing it. So <laughs> I don't generally do role playing, but I know some girls who absolutely love it, who really get into it. So, I mean, that's just, you know, it depends on the girl. Yeah. And there's shades of role play, right? Yes. There's costumed role play. There's yes. just dirty talk where you're assuming a kind of different persona. Right. So, yes, there's, there's a lot of points of access or entry into role play and... Some people may like it and some people don't. Best way to figure it out if they like it is to ask. Yeah. Here's the next question. I follow you on all your social media platforms. I see many people asking for help in getting into the industry. Do you often help people meet people to help them advance in their porn career? It depends on the person and how professional the request is and how likely I think it is that they're serious and that they have a chance. So um, if it's a woman, I will almost always respond because I want to make sure that they don't get pulled into a bad situation. You know, is as much safer as the industry is now because there's so much more... Um, there's so much more like clarity. Social media has been really helpful in yeah. unifying sex workers and yes. you know, kind of pushing out the bad people. And um, there's more communication, more resources. It's still, you know, there's still bad eggs out there always. So if it's a woman, I will almost always respond. Um, suggest various, you know, reputable agencies that I may suggest that they go with. Um, if it's a guy, I actually have a video on my YouTube channel. Um, for men called how to get into porn so I just like direct them there because Great. otherwise I just give them the same like spiel every time I'm like just go watch that video so yeah I mean you know it's um again it just depends on the person and like how realistic I think their question is mm-hmm. makes sense I also just want to highlight like there are bad actors in every industry yes you know the adult film industry has its challenges and historically as you said social media is kind of helping to Clean things up, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, unify people to advocate for a certain standard within the industry. But that is the case with literally every industry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. I'm being a director in adult film, you capture what men are turned on by most. Everyone always wants to please the woman. But what's the number one sexual turn on for men immediately? What is the number one sexual turn on for men? Immediately, this question asker asks. I mean, I, from my understanding and experience, men are very visual people. So I think that, you know, 
I mean, a female's assets, her butt, her boobs, her vagina. I mean, everybody's into something. Feet, depends on what you're into, right? So generally, I understand that men are, something visual is what will capture them or attention. Women were, you know, a little more complicated. And again, when I say women, you know, there's different women. Yeah. And there's also different, you know, gender um, identities. So I don't want to generalize, but. Right. And not all men, right? So, not all men, like, yeah. generally speaking, right, more visual, mm-hmm. um, can be turned on by the, of the look of a person. I think that's why there's so many ways to sort of sort by type mm-hmm. in sex mm-hmm. or like in porn mm-hmm. um, because there might be a certain body type, a physicality, a demeanor, or a physical act, mm-hmm. right, that you want to see that kind of sparks yeah. that for you. Yeah, the porn is like the king of categories. There's yeah. like so many categories. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> find whatever you're looking for. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to read this question as is. You can take it or not. Okay. <laughs> that makes me nervous. <laughs> Have you ever jacked it to a scene you directed? No. 100% no. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> People ask me this a lot. This is another reason why I have a hard time watching porn is because I know everybody in the scene, right? Yeah. And it's very, I can't. It's personal for you. It is personal. I know them as people. It's, I can't masturbate to people I know. Like, that's just weird to me. It feels creepy and bizarre. Um, it has to be people like I've never seen before. Yeah. I need to be able to objectify you, basically. <laughs> If I can't, that then is it's like, the I can't, point. yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not because I watch a scene and I just think about the camera angles and the lighting and like, oh, you know, God, that couch was such a problem to shoot on. It kept like, you know, flaking off on the performers or, oh man, I remember that like the sun was going down at this point. We were like rushing to, to get this shot. Um, yeah, I just, I just think about all the things that happened on set that day. I'm definitely not like turned on by what I shoot at the time or afterwards. And does that happen to you when you look at other types of porn too? Are you thinking about, oh, how did they get that angle? Like it would be distracting, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like a great example is uh, I once saw a scene that was shot at a location that I had worked at a lot and it was shot outside by their pool. And I knew that the location owners had just redone their like their pool and had put down sandstone and so they were very very particular about not using body oil out there like very particular and I watched this oil scene (laughs) by the pool and I was like oh my god Terry and Alan must have been losing their minds look at all that oil that's never going to come out of that sandstone they spent a hundred thousand dollars on that pool they must be so upset These are the kinds of things that run through my head. Yeah, it takes you out of the moment. Some people are thinking about, you know, their to-do list or, you know, they get really distracted by, like, how they look or whatever, watching porn or being with a, you know, partner. Yeah. This is where your mind goes. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. What is the weirdest piece of furniture to film on? I would say probably literally like what I'm sitting in right now, an office chair with wheels and arms. (laughs) Because. It, as you can imagine, it's like gonna move as you're having sex, and um, the arms restrict really any other position. I mean, I've shot scenes on that before because the people that I work with are <laughs> incredibly talented at making like the worst situations work. Oh, but that is definitely like probably one of the 
one of the least favorite. Yeah, tip for for the listeners too. When you're when you're thinking about where to sort of break out of your pattern at home of where to have so maybe you're always having sex on the bed and you want to have maybe like a little, you know, home office scene. Mm-hmm. Stay away from the rolly chair. Mm-hmm. Stay away from the rolly also chair. Also bathtubs actually. Bathtubs? Bathtubs are so hard to fi- to film a scene in especially. They're hot to watch. They're hot to watch cuz they're slippery. Mm-hmm. The water generally like prevents you from seeing like the penetration or like the performers right, really getting at right. each other. The water dries out any vaginal lubrication. Um, uh, the edges are slippery. There's not a lot of positions that you can get in. Yeah, to hold yourself in place is yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah. One of the hardest scenes I ever shot was for Twisties with Kira Noir and Annie Aurora. And they were both, it was an anal strap on scene, which, by the way, strap on scenes are not that easy to shoot. Mm. You have to have somebody who knows how to do strap on and like have a really good strap on that's like secure and doesn't move and like stays, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the dildo's got to be kind of flexible but not too flexible and it's got to be you know consistency that's not um uncomfortable and then um they also had angel wings on (laughs) which was like a whole (laughs) other set of problems right so it's like trying not to block the camera also like the wings are you know getting in the way of the edges of the bathtub so i had to shoot a scene of these two girls in a strap-on scene with angel wings in a bathtub. And I just remember getting that script and being like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But you know what? Both Kira and Anna are so professional that they they made that scene work and it came out great and I was like so impressed. Amazing. It's all about the talent. It's all about the talent. Yeah. And speaking of talent, what is your favorite niche to direct? Mmm... Like cinematic, cinematic porn. Cinematic, usually girl, girl, just because girl, girl tends to be slower and more intimate. Um, we're not waiting on a um, temperamental appendage to decide whether or not it wants to come to work that day, mm-hmm. as we do with some male performers. Though generally most of the men that I work with are really solid and uh, can perform under anything. But yeah, there's just something about like the intimacy of girl girl porn which which I kind of like and the way that it can just be more slow and sensual so yeah I would say definitely more cinematic right because I'm always more interested in getting like cool shots and making it look more artistic Mm -hmm. awesome well I have a little game to play now if you don't mind, okay. just a quick little ditty. All right. Um, I want to go over some porn tropes and just get your take on whether you think they're hot or not. Some of them we've already like touched on, so mm. I have a pretty good idea of where you're going to land. Um, but hot or not, super close-up vulva camera angles. No, not at all. That just feels like a gun out. College right? exam. Yeah. yeah sometimes not, it's too close. It's way too close. I'm too not close to be erotic. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Hot or not, wearing heels... During sex? I mean, personally, no, because like it makes it so hard to navigate around the bed. I mean, you know, you can't like do any squat type reverse cowgirl stuff. But I think in in films it looks it looks cool, but you also have to like be careful not to stab your partner in the head. <laughs> so it depends on the surface that you're on and how easily you can navigate. I generally you know, tell girls that they can take their shoes off during the scene because it just makes it so much easier yeah. to move around. But some girls like to keep them on, and they're very capable of keeping them on during the scene. So, okay. but I think it's kind of hot. Yeah, visually appealing, practically 
there are some issues. Yeah. And it also depends on the scene, right? It depends yeah. on what what they're playing. If they're playing like a sexy secretary, it might make more sense to keep them on. But if they're playing a girl next door, then no. not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last one I have is complicated lingerie. Hot or not. <laughs> oh, my God. It always looks good. Like, I'll get these sets from Honey Burdette, and I'll be like, oh, these look so great. And then putting them on the girl, it's just like, like it's it's like a puzzle, you know? Right? And we'll be sitting there for like 15 minutes trying to figure out how this stupid piece of laundry comes off. And then it's like, we don't want to take it off because, and then have to put it back on again, you know, if we're taking pretty girls. Yeah. We don't want to like put it on and then I have to take it off because I want to like figure out how to get it back on again. So it looks hot, um, but I have to say like practically behind the scenes, it's it's such a pain in the ass. Thank you. So, I think a lot of women feel that in yeah. their real lives too. Yeah. Just yeah. this is complicated and maybe yes. not worth it. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for this. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And congratulations are in order because you were just recently inducted into the AVN Hall of Fame. Yes. Thank How does you. it feel to, to have your work recognized in this way? Um, I mean, it, it's funny because it's been 25 years and I kind of told a friend of mine who works at AVN, I was like, come on. I'm like, come on. Can you just <laughs> talk to them. Like, come on. Like, this is getting silly. It's my time. Um, because I've actually never won an AVN award, which people oh, always wow. find surprising. So I was like, come on, give me one. I've been here long enough. So, and then surprise, surprise, I was on the, the list the next year. But yeah, I got to pick up my trophy and I get to bring it home. Amazing. And it's very heavy. Oh. Yeah. I was actually like very impressed. That's good. It's got a lot of weight to it. So yeah. it feels very like real. Yeah. Well, I'm sure your parents will be very proud to yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, as they will be to see that you were on KCRW. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> More proud about KCRW. My mom was also inducted into the Hall of Fame, and she's no. I idea. was wondering. She has no idea where her trophy is. Oh, like, okay. we lost it forever ago. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I like that it's in the family. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. Uh, thank you so much, Holly. Really appreciate it. So, where can people find you, either online or in person, if you're doing anything live? So, you can find my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered, on all podcast apps. Um, also on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can go to HollyLinks.com with links to like all my social media platforms. I'm on Instagram and Twitter or X, just at Holly Randall. So I'm pretty I'm pretty easy to find. Nice. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Do you need help in your sex or love life? Drop me an email at sexlife at kcrw.org. We might answer your question in a future episode. See you next week. How's Your Sex Life is a KCRW original podcast. Our producer is Andrea Bautista. Our executive producer is Gina Delvac. This episode was recorded by Phil Richards and mixed by Nick Lamponi. Our music was created by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Special thanks to Ariel Torres, Mallory McCall, Adam Serrano, Megan Ellingbo, Connie Alvarez, Arnie Seipel, and Jennifer Farrow. And last but not least, a huge thanks to our voice actors. We'll let them introduce themselves on the way out. This is Andrea Bautista. Thanks for listening. This is Angie Perrin. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. <laughs>